This is Yonder. It's Jeff Robbins on uh, episode 16 of the Yonder Podcast. We get together every couple of weeks, talk about remote work and distributed companies and all that kind of stuff. Um, This week on the podcast, we've got Ivan Stegich from 107, which is a uh, digital agency. Based in Minneapolis. Well, they used to be based in Minneapolis. They're still in the Minneapolis area. Uh, But they are kind of in the process right now of converting from a co-located company to a distributed company. And so we're going to talk to Yvonne about that. And um, it's very uh, tangible. It's all happening right now. So it's a good, good one. Hey, what are you doing? October 9th through 11th. Do you want to come to the Yonder Conference? It's a great event where we get together people probably like yourself uh, who are thinking about remote work. It tends to be uh, leaders of remote teams, distributed companies, s- relatively small conference. Get them all into a room together and talk about what's going on with us kind of share notes and uh uh share ideas and uh express what's what difficulties we're having and um come up with solutions together it's a really great event uh you can find out about it at yonder.io slash events um there's an early bird discount that's going on right now it ends on uh june 15th so uh, uh, if you want to register, register soon in order to get the discount. Also, register soon because uh, we are heading towards selling out very quickly. And so my guess is that right around that time, uh, it will it will sell out. But we'll see. You never know how these things go. Uh, but um, it's a great, great event. This is the fourth time uh, we've run it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's Good thing. So, um, I should also mention if you are not uh, on the Yonder newsletter, or if you're not getting the Yonder newsletter, you should sign up for the Yonder newsletter. Just go to yonder.io, and there's a little pop up there. You can scroll down the bottom of the page. There's many opportunities to sign up for the Yonder newsletter there, and uh, um, we're we're kind of cranking it up. We're going to send out uh, updates basically like three times a week, uh, just little bits uh, about. What we're doing here, when podcast comes out, articles on Yonder uh, website, but also links to other things that are out there that are of interest to people who are thinking about remote work. So, uh, yeah, get on, get on that. Uh, all right, let's um, talk to Yvonne Stegich. Yvonne, welcome to the Yonder podcast. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> well, let's see. Where should we start? Uh, let's start like we start these podcasts. Uh, where are you talking to us from? I am in the basement of my home in beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
where the sun is shining, it's blue skies, the weather's great, we're on the precipice of summer, and it's not 20 degrees below. <laughs> it's a good time in Minneapolis. Uh, it, it seems like it's so often so cold in Minneapolis. It uh, certainly is. <laughs> winter sort of it starts in like october and basically ends right around now yeah uh, you're you're about right yeah you joke about it but that's pretty much accurate <laughs> but it's lovely during the summer people are super appreciative of the summer it's yes. uh it's great and the winter is uh, good too so i i really can't complain the the cold is just what it is and you find things to do outside guess, you go yeah, skiing you, and you just do it you embrace it yeah Exactly. Right, right. So talk to me about uh, your company, 10.7. Uh, what, does, what does your company do? 10.7 is a web strategy company. We are a development shop that focuses on Drupal. And we started out about 10 years ago, actually a little more than 10 years ago in 2007, um, being the technology chops for graphic designers that are either freelance or for small advertising agencies that really didn't have the uh, coding skills to do what they needed to do. Uh, back then, graphic designers kind of were the ones that talked to all of their uh, clients and were the ones that generated all of this amazing artwork for print. And then people started asking for websites, as you well know. And some of these designers didn't know what they were doing and had to find help. And so that's what we did. We collaborated with graphic designers. They'd throw the Photoshop files over the fence and we'd implement them. Um, but we've since evolved and now we do the whole thing from voice of the customer through discovery, design, development, launch, and support. And we focus exclusively on Drupal as a technology. And so when you started the company, it was just you? It was just me. Um, it was me in my basement. Um, so I guess I was the original McCoy of being a distributed company all on my own <laughs> 10 years ago. You didn't know it. I guess <laughs> I didn't know it, no. Um, and quite honestly, the tools were very different back then. I, I tried to do as much as, well, I wanted to do as much as I could of all of the work. And the more clients I, I received and the, 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 the more... Uh, the greater the number of requests, I just couldn't do it on my own. And so I ended up hiring someone. Um, and about two years into trying to, doing, trying to do everything on my own, we moved out of my basement and got an, uh, a, a sublease in someone else's office space. Um, and that's kind of when I tried to start letting go of, of actually controlling everything. Yeah. So... Um one of the reasons that we're talking to you today is because you're it's kind of particularly new to this transition to uh, distributed work. What, what, do you, what terminology are you, you using for the work itself? Um, I like to refer to it as being a distributed company. Uh, I don't like to use the word remote because it has the connotations of having some people in a different location than a central location where there's not that distinction in my mind. We're all in our own location, all contributing to the same uh, work. And I think distributed is a better description of that, um, of that state. So I don't say remote. I don't say work from home. I refer to us as a distributed company. Yeah, yeah. And talk newly distributed, really. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about sort of uh, being an office-based company and what was that was like and kind of what led you... Talk to me sort of about the, the history of your your location as you a got company. It. 
Yeah, so we actually ended up buying a commercial condo in downtown Minneapolis, um, sixteen hundred square feet, and we did that in twenty eleven and built it out to suit our own needs as a small company. So we're a company of ten. The idea was that we would have an open plan office, that we would have twelve desks that were all connected to each other, so one large table. Um, where we were metaphorically and physically literally connected to the same work we were doing. <laughs> the idea was, um, and, and in my mind, it was absolutely appropriate at the time that younger, um, more entry-level engineers and developers who were just starting their career could be in, a physically, in physically the same space as those who are maybe more uh, intermediate or advanced because the mentorship is so important and learning from each other was so important in my mind. Um, and it still is. I think the tools have changed immensely in the last six years. And so being able to do what we do today um, really wasn't terribly easy to do in 2011. Mm. Um, and so we spent a lot of time together in the same physical space. Um, but as we've grown as a company, as an organization, as we've increased skill sets, as those younger, more junior developers have become intermediate and advanced, our, 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 really our needs changed and our desires changed. And um, with the tools that have evolved, that, that kind of led us to becoming um, newly distributed. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how 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 did this transition happen? I mean, what what was sort of the impetus for this idea? It sounds. I mean, if you had a if you had a condo office space, you'd you'd bought a, a space. What would cause you to want <laughs> to move out? Well, it felt like the right thing to do, and we all agreed that it would. Um, help us as an organization and that we really didn't need to have the physical presence with one another to continue to grow and to evolve and to service our, cl our clients. And really where it started, where kind of the first seed um, of like thought consideration happened was about two years ago. Um, and again, I, I think it was two years ago, it may have been three, uh, when I had lunch with Todd Ross Nienkirk from Four Kitchens. He was visiting the Twin Cities for uh, Twin Cities Drupal Camp. We went out to lunch. We talked about kind of our respective companies. And he was talking about how um, they were having trouble with finding the right talent and uh, because of their physical location and that they were looking at becoming more distributed. Um, and I think that was the first time I'd considered it. And it really wasn't um, something I was ready at that point to kind of pull the trigger on, as they say. Um, but last year at DrupalCon in 2016, um, I attended the business summit. I went to a number of sessions that um, people gave about being distributed. Um, Stephanie from uh, Canopy Studios had a great session that I went to, and I, I kind of, kind of the penny dropped, and I realized that um, the team that we have and and had at that time, and the the clients that we had, it felt like the right time to try it. So on a Monday morning at a staff meeting after DrupalCon. I suggested that maybe we try doing this, and there was um, some hesitation, some skepticism, and maybe not enough caffeine um, for people to realize what I was actually saying. Um, and we decided as a team that we were going to try to try to become distributed, iterate on it. Um, you know, given the software industry and and agile and Scrum, people talk about that kind of stuff all the time. We we try to practice that ourselves. Um, I suggested maybe one day a week, 
we, we all work from home. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was going to be a Friday. And so we tried that. We tried working from home on Fridays. Um, and, and that actually worked quite nicely. Um, we did that for about a month or so. And really, I think the first month, we were trying to figure out the logistics. Um, you know, what are the requirements? What are we going to do for each other now that we are no longer in like physical presence with each other? Um, and so one of the things was um, when you use Zoom or video chat, um, make sure you've got a camera and that you're actually using the video because that that helps Mm-hmm. Incredibly, um, we figured out that Zoom was actually the right um, choice for us in terms of uh, which video conferencing software to use. We didn't have a whole lot of luck with Hangouts or um, Join Me or <laughs> any of the others that we've tried, and and so that was another thing. Then the other thing was make sure you have a a place at home where you can actually do work. Um, so the first month, I think people were figuring out which desk to use, that mm. they couldn't sit on the couch the whole day to right. work, that right. there needed to be somewhere they could go to. And so, you know, we try to figure that out with people and, and provide those tools. Um, and then after we were at home one day a week, we went to two and we decided Wednesday would be a good day. So we would alternate or, or not alternate, but we would do Wednesday, Friday sessions. And we did that for a couple of weeks, but that didn't work out very well. So we switched that to Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and that seemed to be more in line with um, our flow. And so we were one day in the office, one day at home, one day in the office, one day at home, one day in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that for about six months. Hmm. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed being at home on those days. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I, you know, the the I could get started sooner in the day. Uh-huh. I, I didn't have to worry about going in and setting up and sitting down and, and having breakfast and... Um, it, it was much faster to get going. Um, and actually, we, we actually had um, a breakfast bar at the office. So, um, 10-7 provided a healthy snack bar that would encourage people to come into the office and not, not have to worry about breakfast in the morning. So, mm-hmm. we, we even had that. Um, but after being uh, remote two days a week... Uh, one of our team members said that he wanted to try being alone at home the whole week. <laughs> yeah, and I was a little apprehensive of that. Um, still, even though I was all in on two days a week, I I couldn't um, quite like grasp that we were on the precipice of becoming completely distributed very soon. Um, so we ripped the Band-Aid off, uh, and he sta- stayed at home for a couple weeks, um, and I still required him to be in the office once a month so we could see his face. Um, but after two weeks of him being uh, at home, we uh, you know, had a staff meeting and we asked ourselves, you know, are there any red flags? Are there, is there anything that we couldn't do um, that we otherwise could have done? And the biggest concern I had was two developers rolling their, their chairs over to one another, looking at each other's screens and staring at a problem and figuring it out in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was not an issue. Um, using Zoom and scaring, uh, sharing screens works just as well, and it's just as easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of have a couple of rules we try to follow in Slack uh, when we know that, um, you know, if, if the Slack conversation is going on 
um, too long about a problem that's technical in nature, someone should raise their hand and say, maybe we should be Zooming about this. Right, yep. Um, and so that's, that's, um, that was one of the red flags, but you know, we found a solution to it. Um, and as, as soon as Lex was at home for two weeks, I suggested maybe we should all try it for a week. And we did. We tried it and we loved it. And um, the next staff meeting we had was on a Monday again in the office. Everyone was there. And the option was for me to say, look, let's, let's stay at home. Let's do it. Let's become distributed. Take home uh, whatever equipment you have in the office that you think you need at home, um, and let's do it. Let's try it for the rest of the life of the company. Um, and we did, and we've been distributed ever since. And when was that? Uh, that was in March. That wow. was in March of this year. Huh. It's so, it's it's it's. I feel like I'm watching a a a virus spread. Like you <laughs> you find this information out from someone else, and then you go somewhere to a business conference, and more people are talking about it, and then you bring it back to the company, and it starts to build. And maybe virus. Maybe maybe there's something. Maybe no virus. Maybe it's a maybe it's a. a, a it's an evolution. There you go, evolution. I think it's or, evolution. Or genesis of an of ecosystem. There, there yes, you go. So, some similar kind of gro- growth of uh, biological material. Yeah, but. Right. <laughs> and you know, I have to say, Jeff, I I think we had the luxury of being able to do the testing of uh, dis- of being distributed because of the fact that we own our space. We know we didn't. Um, as an owner, I wasn't concerned that we had you know three years left on a lease mm-hmm. and oh my gosh what are we going to do if we break the lease oh, we're going to have you know a major major expense if we can't find someone else to rent we own the space we can we can um have the flexibility to do it if it doesn't work out we can come back uh-huh. so far it's worked out great and we're in the process of um, negotiating a lease with a new tenant that's going to have the same space instead of us um, so it seems to be working out okay. So that that wow. was an so instead of your space decision. costing you money, it will actually make you money. <laughs> it will actually hopefully make us money. Yes, that's exactly the idea. That's the idea. That's, it becomes a real estate investment rather than a liability for the company. That's amazing. Yes. Um, so uh, wow. Yeah. It, th- this. Um, it seems like I, I guess I would be a little bit nervous about starting with Fridays that people might sort of feel like it was like you have Friday off or, you mm, know, because lots of companies yeah. do a early, you know, in the summer, we everybody can leave wow. after lunch on Friday or, or whatever. So probably for companies that want to start out, uh, you know, one day or I, I like that two days a week, Tuesday, Thursday thing. It seems to be there's sort of like enough safety there. You, you get together in the office on monday you talk about what you're going to do then the next day you can go home and then on friday you can kind of wrap it up uh in person again but uh in in retrospect um if i was going to do it again i would absolutely recommend that you do tuesdays and thursdays but we did have a reason why we selected friday um and it was exactly the reason you you said why you would be nervous to select it Uh um the realization in our um in our team was you know on fridays we have a rule we don't ever do deployments we never push code on a friday because uh the weekend things can go wrong right it could ruin your weekend (laughs) so so we're not (laughs) right um so we don't push code on fridays friday afternoons um people are usually 
pretty tired by a Friday afternoon, and so they're not really very productive anyway. And so we're we're using that time to either, or we have used that time in the past to do things like personal projects, um, or to do retrospectives, um, or to kind of uh, just connect with um, your team members on maybe some personal projects that others are working on. And so, really, that left Friday mornings for where productive, maybe billable work could actually happen. Um, and we thought, as an organization, that that, um, at a first blush, wouldn't be as bad as trying some other day of the week, especially considering Wednesdays and Thursdays were days where we were doing code deployments. Um, so, that was kind of the reason why we selected Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What what have what have been the biggest surprises around all of this? Biggest surprise. Oh, okay. Um, one of the surprises was uh, one of our team members, who happens to live the furthest away from the office space, and had the longest commute, was actually less interested in becoming distributed than anyone else in the team. And um, that surprised me because I thought, oh, if your commute is so long, I would expect you to be the one that wants to stay at home like the most. Um, and and so that, that was a surprise. Um, but it's evolved now that the person I'm talking about is now actually looking for... Um, <laughs> she's looking to move. She's always wanted to have a hobby farm. And so now she's actually looking to move to another state. And this has actually given her additional freedom that she didn't, that we couldn't have provided in the past. Um, so that was a surprise. And I think a good one. Yeah. Um, I feel, I wonder if there's this sort of uh, almost subconscious feeling, uh, y- you know, that because part of having a job is the ritual of it, right? And part right. of the ritual is the commute, oftentimes. Right. And uh, and and I I wonder if um, you know when you have a big commute, it kind of has this feeling. Uh, it almost becomes this sort of religious experience, you know, this like, yeah, this is how my life makes sense. This is part of the job. This is what all makes sense. And when you talk about taking that away, I'm, I'm making big assumptions about your employee, yeah, yeah. but, but I, you know, I wonder, you know, if you take that away, it starts to, you know, create this sort of like existential crisis for people where they, where they kind of wonder like, wait, well, why was I doing that commute for all these years if I didn't need to. Didn't need uh, to. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I um I'm also making I mean I'm going on with your assumption as well, but maybe there is something existential about it. And maybe what it is is you don't realize that it's a ritual and a habit that isn't necessarily just going to disappear. Which ends up happening is you end up having a different ritual right, sure. that is that is equally um important and becomes equally uh, uh, a part of your day and your existence. And um, that's what I found personally is when we were two days uh, a week at home, on Monday nights, I'd love the fact that in the morning I wouldn't have to get up, shower, uh, get in my car, drive, set up, and then start working, where I could just walk upstairs to my office, get started with the work I needed to do, and when the kids are starting to get up, I can come down, help out, and, you know, postpone my shower until later in the day. Mm-hmm. Or maybe next week. You know how it goes. 
<laughs> Why shower if you're not going to interact with people in person? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, 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 let's not let's not uh, continue the, the, the. People already think that about remote workers. We don't need to perpetuate that stereotype. You're right. You're right. You're right. You, <laughs> so you did ask about surprises, and I, I think I thought of another one. Um, I I'm surprised at how little physical interaction I actually had with my colleagues. I and and the only um the only like piece of data that I have is I think about the amount of interaction I have now with everyone. And none of the Slack interaction has gone away. It's all still there. In fact it's probably more so. I video conference with people all the time. I feel like I have more FaceTime with those individuals. Um, and I don't have these meetings where we all have to be in the same room waiting for everyone to arrive and waiting for the actual you know, thing to start. Uh, and so I'm surprised, thinking on it right now, that I don't feel like I miss the physical pr- uh, presence of my colleagues. Hmm. Yeah. I find that in, in – you, you mentioned that you had sort of an open uh, – um, Office, yes. Open architecture office. Yep. Uh, uh, I, I I I find that um, that environment uh, makes it actually a little bit more difficult to have spoken word conversations with people, especially private ones, because there's not a whole lot Everybody. of private yeah. space. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of online communication that happens, anyways. You know, emails or. Um, messages or stuff like that. Not that things are necessarily secret or, or private. Some of it's just sort of respecting that people are working. Um, w- was that happening in that environment? And did that d- did that also help to make it a little bit easier to to switch? Because a lot of communication was happening in the in the virtual realm anyway. Um, so that's another whole can of worms um, that you just opened. Because <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> Um, yeah open office plans are um, there's I think there's two schools of thought and both sides are vehemently um, you know in favor of their own side and know 100% that they're right and both schools of thought um, don't allow for the others to have any kind of leeway and and, um, I think that schools of thought are Oh, open office plans are amazing. They work great. You shouldn't um, like. There's nothing wrong with them. And then the other school of thought is, oh my gosh, you should never do an open office. Um, there's too much distraction. There's too much noise. Um, and I would say, depending on the organization that you have, the team that you have that's actually using this office space. Um, it really kind of ends up being somewhere in the middle, and you end up living with. Um, parts of the things that are good and parts of the things that are bad. Um, and I think back to our um, team that was different, you know, six years ago than it is now. Um, and we had never used an office, open office plan, an open plan office before. And so when we first started, we didn't even have uh, sound baffles on the ceiling. So everything echoed. Mm. It was loud all the time. Um and there was noise all the time, and that was really distracting. Um, and so we, we, we invested in a Sonos. We had two speakers, and the rule was um, play any music you want. Don't complain about the music. If you don't like the music, change it yourself. 
um, and and that that kind of worked to kind of put a background to kind of the everyday activity in the office. Um, but as the team evolved and as we realized we were being distracting uh, distracted by others and that we were distracting um, people, we started to you know have rules about what we were doing and when it was necessary to actually pull someone into a meeting in a physical space. Um, and I think as a team, we finally got to a place where we were, I think, pretty copacetic towards the last few years of being in the office. Um, but distractions are always an issue. Um, and they are something you have to live with. And people um, deal with it in different ways. Some people have headsets. Um, some people end up staying at home in the mornings or, um, you know, they use the lounge area or they use the conference room more than um, others might. And I have to say it was something that I considered as um, uh, almost a benefit becoming distributed is you don't have to deal with the distractions of a public open space. It's easier to dis- uh, It's easier to deal with distractions that are in your own home mm-hmm. because at that point you can control them mm-hmm. and um, you don't have anyone to blame but yourself if you're being distracted and so that speaks to your own discipline <laughs> and your own right. kind of your own um, you know adulting right adulting is hard yeah. and you have to you have to do that even when you're on your own right right yeah yeah because it's easy in a in an office environment for a lot of reasons even you know above just distraction it's kind of with all the people there you can start to sort of blame others like oh, if i didn't have this person in the next cubicle my job would be better or uh i could you know work better if it weren't for the I don't know what, you know, the microwave being down the hall. <laughs> right, and, or the uh, smell of the lunch person, the, the smell of the lunch of the person next to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, uh, and at home, you can control that. This is the place you chose to live. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. So and, uh, it, it's certainly been a benefit, I think, in my mind as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm curious to talk a little bit more about sort of the transition itself. It sounds like it's still sort of happening. Um, are there um, are there things that you're struggling with or apprehensive about? Like uh, you know, as as this change has happened and is happening. Um, I'm curious to know sort of uh, what's what's on your mind about it. Uh, well, right now, um, the thing that's on my mind are the bi-weekly in-person meetings that we still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're all in the Twin Cities except for one person who's out in Colorado, um, we still like to you know, have a physical meeting and see each other's faces every other week. And so we have an in-person three-hour session um, every other Monday. And where's that uh, happen? It happens at one of our local libraries here, and they have a great conference room and you know a nice space that we can put all our computers at, and the Wi-Fi is good, and they have an overhead projector if we need one, which we typically do. And so we, we coincide that with our staff meeting, um, and we also... We also use it to do like demos of personal projects or maybe some difficult code that we're working through. Um, and recently, we've been uh, most of the team has been working on um, a project that's fairly large, and it's towards the end of the project. And so we've been using that to do retrospectives and sprint planning as well. Um, 
and these aren't things that can't be done using video. It's it's just kind of one of those additional steps we've taken um, to go from fully physical to fully distributed. And honestly, I think that the summer that's probably going to wind down, I suspect we'll probably end up having the in-person meeting uh, maybe once a month, and then we'll look forward to having you know, happy hours and, um, and, you know, meetings at regional camps and at cons and, and spending our time um, doing it that way and seeing each other in person that way. Do you think that you will start to hire uh, people outside? I mean, you, you said you have one person in Colorado. I imagine uh, right now they're sort of an outlier, right? Well, you're getting together in yes. person every few weeks right. and, and they're not. Uh, and, uh, um, Will you hire more people outside of the Twin Cities uh, area when you when you need to hire in the future? W- will you look for people in the Minneapolis area or or uh, beyond that? Absolutely, our our um, talent pool is now national and international. Why not? Um, and so, one of the, if you talked to me about a month ago, I would have been concerned how um, we would integrate people who are not in the Twin Cities into our on-site personal meetings every two weeks. But now I'm at a point where I kind of see those going away, and so that's not an issue for me anymore. But certainly um, when the time comes for us to hire, and and hopefully that will be um, the case here in the next couple months, um, we'll be looking for anyone who's talented um, that meets our needs who isn't necessarily in the Twin Cities. And I, I feel like that's a really wonderful benefit. Um, and I, I'm sure there are going to be things that we'll have to put in place to kind of vet these people who aren't in the Twin Cities that we can't have a physical meeting with. Um, but, I, you know, people have done it before now. And so there's good data points, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, actually, on that note, I, you, you, I noticed that you've registered for uh, the Yonder Conference in, in yes. uh, October. Oh um, man! Yeah, what are, what are, what are you hoping to get out of that? Uh, oh, I I'm hoping to meet um, the people I've seen on Twitter and online in actual person in real life and try to share the experiences that I've had and find out uh, what their experiences are running distributed companies. Um, I'm I am interested in hiring and how that works since we just talked about it. That's sure. top of mind, um, but. You know some of the other logistical things, like how do you take care of um, healthcare benefits and other benefits for people that are out of state? Um, you know how do you how do you make sure that you're treating everyone equitably and fairly for for people that might live in you know Silicon Valley or in Kansas or in Virginia? You know I, there's such a huge um, vast um, range of things that you have to be concerned about and um you know i think i think mostly i'm looking forward to meeting these humans that i've seen online for so long (laughs) yeah yeah no it's really nice experience to you know we're all kind of figuring this out and and in our own ways and and you know there there is a, a certain amount of isolation uh that is kind of intrinsic uh to working autonomously uh, autonomously and uh um uh you know we do our best within the company to try to you know make sure that that people don't feel isolated but as leaders of the company it's really nice to be able to kind of get together in a room with people and and say like 
wow, what are you guys doing? <laughs> are you struggling with this? I'm struggling with this. What, what, what are you struggling with? Let's figure things out together. It's a, it's a, a, a very therapeutic experience um, amongst uh, other things, the educational benefits as well. <laughs> <laughs> and the venue looks amazing as well. I've I've always oh, yeah. wanted to yeah, go to no. a conference on the beach, basically. Yeah, yeah, no. It's uh we have um been doing yonder the past three yonder events were in San Diego and we're moving up to La Jolla to a uh a hotel where we can basically kind of take over the whole place. Uh, Sounds amazing. So, you know, it's just that much more I don't know serendipity kind of place to hang out together around by the fire in the evenings and, and talk without uh, worrying about bothering the tourists <laughs> or other people <laughs> who are also <laughs> occupying the same space. Um, talk to me a little bit about, um, about mentorship. You mentioned that earlier on. Um, and I, uh, will admit that that area has been one that's been a little bit of a blind spot for me, at least. Uh, mm. We had Dan Mall on the podcast, and he talked about that. But even with Dan, uh, he was bringing people kind of in in person uh, to to mentor them. Um, you know, one of the things about uh, remote work, hiring people in a distributed way, is that. Uh, you know, you can kind of hire the best talent, the, the people that have kind of already figured things out. But mm-hmm. what about, you know, that sort of onboarding and uh, on-ramping uh, people uh, who haven't quite figured it all out yet? Uh, and um, and so I'm curious to know um, sort of what you were doing in the, in the office environment mm-hmm. around around mentorship. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, if, if and how you've thought about that uh, – as as that would exist for a distributed company. Oh boy! Um, so I don't have a great answer on um, on how to how to best accomplish mentoring newer team members um, distributed. And and quite honestly, we're trying to figure it out right now ourselves. Um, I don't think we've ever had a formal plan or a formal onboarding at all in the past. Um, and and that's been good and bad it's been bad because you know we can't repeat it we don't have a process this is this is um not something that you know you can say do step one two and three um but good in an, in another way because physically when you're with someone else you kind of put the junior developer in the chair next to the senior developer and you organically hope that there's you know an osmosis of brain power from one to the other right <laughs> right uh, and 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 i think i think that's um safe to do easy to do and there typically are results in in my opinion um so what we've been concerned about and what i've been concerned about um in the last couple of years has been uh kind of this existential who are we and what are we trying to do and so if you've ever seen that um video on youtube from simon sinek where he talks about the why statement sure yeah um you know that you have to have a great why statement and you have to have values as a leader to uh for your company for you to be able to know where you're going and why you're going there um and so a couple of years ago we did a, a fair amount of introspection to kind of um, solidify that um, and with that to kind of put together this is who we are and this is what our culture is um, and now that 
we have that or that we've had that for two years now, um, it makes it easier to be distributed as well because you can point to the document. You can point mm-hmm. to this is this is behavior that we think is above the line. This is behavior that is below the line. This is how we treat our customers. This is how we treat each other. And when you have that cultural aspect documented, it's easier to draw that line in the sand. Um, and so if you are onboarding someone and you are mentoring someone, you can point to that. So that's, I think, a start. That's the first thing. The second thing um, that we started using Oh, about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago now, um, is Know Your Company. Um, and you probably use that. I, I, I think you use that at Lullabot, if yep. I'm not mistaken, because I, I, I've yes. seen references to it. They've been great. I've, looked at, I've been looking at um, Know Your Company for at least two years and wondering when it was the right time to, to kind of <laughs> pull the trigger on that to as well. Bite the bullet, yeah. Bite the bullet. And it absolutely made sense. Um, Especially the the whole onboarding um, icebreaker questions. So we all, as you know, you, you all start. Every team member starts when you first get introduced to know your company by answering five icebreaker questions. And it's all really great, and it's all you know. The user interface is wonderful. It's really easy to use using email. Um, but what I found um, really nice and um, useful for someone who's just starting out at Ten Seven is they get asked those questions as well. And once they've answered it, they can look at all the other answers from their other teammates. I mean, that's that's a that's an incredible um, introduction to the team, and an initial onboarding that we haven't had in the past, and that we have now, and that is invaluable. Um, the other thing about mentoring is um, that I also I'm trying to figure it out, just like you are. Um, I have to believe that. Um, one-on-one time aids in the mentoring process. Um, and so what we do at 10.7 is every month, um, without fail, we do a one-on-one with every person in the company. So it might not be realistic to do for forever for us, especially if we get to being a company bigger than 15 or 20. But we're still at a point where I can sit down for 30 minutes using a Zoom conference and talk to every person on the team once a month, find out what their greatest challenge was in the last month, find out what their greatest success was, and find out what they're looking forward to in the next month. Um, and in my mind, that's certainly a mentorship that I can continue to do. I mean, we used to do that when we were in the office. We would go down to Bewitched Delhi and sit there for, I would sit there for the whole afternoon and people would just come down and talk to me for half an hour. But um, I can do that now using Zoom video. And um and that's been great. So that's that's a good way for me to keep in touch with the pulse of the company. But I I believe that that's part of the mentorship as well. And so maybe it's um maybe it's selecting other people, um or or, or maybe it's maybe it's a senior developer having a one on one with a junior developer every other week or every month in kind of that same regard to kind of um. Solid, not solidify, but to formalize that that mentorship, and so maybe maybe that's an approach you could you could try. We might try that. Now yeah. that I thought about it, <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out something collectively. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, because part of that uh, um, thing that the more junior people need to learn is communication and kind of jumping in and staying connected uh and um 
And so, you know, they can kind of disappear if, if we're not proactive about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, the, my my two often asked wrap up questions on yeah. on this podcast are so uh what is it about being distributed um that do you think has made things more difficult f- for you and for the company okay so i'm generally a really optimistic person and <laughs> hard to find fault with most things um so when i'm critical you know i'm really critical and um i I have to say, I can't think of anything that's been really bad. So um, I'm going to try to put each of my team members' hats on and think about what they would say would be um, would be challenging. Um, so let's see. Maybe, maybe one thing that is challenging is um, being at home in the same spot for five days in a row. So that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sometimes breeds isolation, right? And if you don't see other humans during that week, that's probably a bad thing. So th- so there's ways to combat that, right? So, you know, I've talked about Zoom video and, and you've used that before. And so that's one way to do it. Um, I have noticed that some team members um, will start off at home in the morning and then check out and go to a coffee shop, especially if they've been at home for two or three days. Sure. So changing location and being around people, I think that's probably the um, the most challenging. Um, and, and after all, that's not really that challenging, is it? Because it's easy to, to fix. Um, I, don't, I don't see very many issues with clients. Um, one of the one of the questions we had at the staff meeting where we deci- decided we would become distributed was when was the last time we had a meeting in our conference room with a client mm. and could that meeting have been done virtually or at the client's location? And we couldn't think of any. It, it was so, so um, you would think that there would be issues with clients, but there really haven't been. Um, maybe as a young company with two or three employees, you, um, you might think that having an office space gives you some sort of validity, right? Some sort of established, oh, they've got an office, we can visit them, they're an actual thing. Um, and, and certainly that was one of the things I was concerned about five, six years ago. Um, but now... It's different. We don't have to meet in my office space. We can come to you. And frankly, clients like that. Clients like not to have to sure. go out and visit someone else's, the vendor's you know, location. And if we are spending time with clients, we're in their, in their space, we're there and we're gone. And I think we're probably more productive. Um, and like I said, I kind of generally have a positive outlook. So, I'm not <laughs> so let's, har- let's harness that positive outlook. What's better? What's easier? Uh, I feel like I get more work done. Um, I feel like that I'm less distracted because I can I can control my environment, um, and I feel like others are more appreciative of that. Um, it's certainly a great benefit to be able to say, you know what, I'm going up to the cabin up north on Thursday night or on Wednesday night, and we have great internet up there, so. You know, people don't even know where I am sometimes, right? I could be up at the cabin. That's a great benefit. Um, 
we've certainly been uh, lucky to be able to do that, um, and I think that comes with the territory. What what else is great? What's great for you, Jeff? What do you like? <laughs> Turn that around. Goodness. Well, um, I you know, and this is something that you're just starting to tap into, but. Uh, for me, I feel like one of the greatest benefits was the people, uh, that you could, um, find not only the best talent wherever they live in the world, but also kind of the best cultural matches. And Mm. I don't know, it, it makes for a really, um, sort of, um, this self-perpetuating, uh, kind of culture, self-perpetual, like, like, I don't know, Lullabot is kind of known for having a lot of great people that work there, and other great people want to work there because all they want to work with those people, and then they get to work with those people, and it's inspiring, and they, people inspire each other. Um, and so, I don't know, that, that aspect of it, you know, it's, it's the, the people aspect of it, um, and, and being unencumbered by uh, a specific geographical location, um, I think, you know, is, is nice. Uh, it is nice. Um, yeah, and just to kind of, I don't know, needing to kind of put things out there into the virtual world, but then you can sort of attract that many more like-minded people um, by being able to put yourself out there that way. So, it's an, Do you think of, we're creating our own bubble? I hope we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think that it's, it's um, s- s- you know, self-perpetuating ad infinitum, uh, you know, again, going back to this sort of biological spread of an idea, uh, um, yeah. you know, that there are lots of people I talk to that would love to do this. And, uh, um, and there are a lot of resources out there for digital nomads and, you uh, you know, how, how to be an efficient, good remote worker and mm-hmm. how to find all the freelance work that you want. But there are not a lot of resources out there uh, helping companies to harness that. So, um, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's, it's a wide pool of talent, uh, a wide pool of people out there who, and, and even, you know, sort of generationally, uh, as we've got more and more people coming up uh, in a you know, with a more and more mobile lifestyle, the, you know, my son is used to connecting to all everyone he's ever met, everyone he's ever been Mm -hmm. friends with through his phone. Uh, you know, that, that, uh, um, I think that there's more of a expectation to be able to be productive and connected, uh, wherever, whenever you are. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. I don't know that we've created a bubble. I feel like, I feel like it's um, an evolution of how people work, and it's being facilitated by the incredible technology that's evolved over the last five to ten years. And some some generations are not even ever going to know about going and driving into an office to do work. It might just be completely natural to them to work from home and have this incredibly real and rich experience with their coworkers. And 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 then on the other hand you go to the gym and you have a personal trainer and that's not something that's ever going to be virtual that job that that phys- that physical trainer 
is not going to be able to do their job from home in the comfort of their living room or their home office. And so, so I don't think it'll ever become 100% the way everybody works. Um, there's always going to be those physically dependent uh, vocations. Well, and even more than that, I think uh, people will seek out reasons and uh, – ways to get together in person because it won't necessarily be you won't need to have all of your social uh interaction personal interaction needs met you know so one of the things i've said is uh i think i've said it on the podcast before like a distributed company is kind of a difficult place not a great place to meet your mate <laughs> it's not you know a lot of people sort of get a job ah, at a big yeah. company thinking like oh maybe i'll i'll meet somebody there and fall in love uh yeah and you know if you're not actually going into the office together and can't sort of you know have lunch together as a sort of Im- impromptu not really called a date you know kind of uh um you know so there's uh, yet there are also you know dating methods that are evolving uh uh you <laughs> right. know through technology as well. So, I don't know, it's all it's all changing, but but there is a a big role that you know in person plays and 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 should not be um disregarded and you know and in fact the, the reason that the yonder conference is happening physically we're all getting together in a place together is just because of that. It's that same kind of thing. Like it's kind of hard to replicate those kinds of relationships and relationship building um in a in a um you know over zoom over zoom yeah <laughs> it would get it's tiring, true tiring to be there for right 14 hours or whatever so yeah. wow <laughs> <laughs> i can't even imagine a two-hour zoom let alone a 14-hour one yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> wow you can swim in the pool and maybe go down to the beach and you know it would all be difficult over zoom <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would. It's just not going to feel the same way. So wait until Zoom VR comes oh. out, and we'll be at home doing that, right? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, maybe. Yeah. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, this is a great conversation. No, you're very welcome. It was a joy to speak to you, and uh, I'm so very much looking forward to to um, yonder conference and seeing you there. And um, it'll be great. Thank you for having me. Super. All right, take care. Bye.